And the plan was, wasn't it, Johnny, that we might even have done this Sunday, if we weren't in the situation we were in, we might have done some teaching this weekend on worship. We might have just had a bit of an event around this. Well, it's an event because we're here. But, because worship is so important. Worship is actually the one thing that we do here that we'll continue to do in heaven. Will we continue to prophesy in heaven? No, because we will know everything. Will we continue to speak to God? Yes, absolutely, but it won't be intercession, will it? Because it'll all be done. Will we continue to evangelise and witness to people? No, because job's done. Will we continue to look for the transformation of community? No, because it'll be perfect. Will we continue to worship? Oh, heck yes. Heck, am I allowed to say that? Oh, heaven, yes. <laughs> Just look at Revelation chapter 4 sometime, but we're not going to look at that passage. Realises he hasn't got Bible. Realises it's round there. On my way. Aha. Worship is so key to who we are. And I don't mean St. Leonard's, or me, or Johnny. Worship is key to being a Christian. The whole point of being a Christian is that we can worship God. Worship is fundamental to our identity. It runs through everything. Our outreach and our witness, which is important, is part of our worship to God. Our seeking the transformation of community and seeing justice is part of our worship to God. Our being church, looking after each other, being family, is part of our worship to God. Oh, and our worship is part of our You see what I'm saying? Is worship singing and doing liturgy? Or is it lifestyle? Yes. Of course it is. And those that say we don't need to sing and do liturgy, we only need to live it, are missing out. And those who say we only need to sing and we don't... No, which way around did I say it the first time? You get my drift. If you emphasise one over the other, you're missing it. John chapter 4, if you're following in the scripture. I used, to see you, I used to say you need a book and a Bible, but actually most of you got phones with Bibles on them now, haven't you? I've, I've been that generation of preachers, got to go, I, when I started preaching, if somebody had their phone out, they weren't concentrating. Now if they've got their phone out, they've probably got their Bible in front of them. It's all very confusing. I think my dad will be telling me, you've become middle-aged, Laurie. Hey, never mind. The Pharisees, this is chapter 4, verse 1. John, chapter 4, verse 1. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptising more disciples than John, though in fact it was not Jesus who baptised, but his disciples. So even Jesus got fake news, and things were said about him that weren't true. Huh? 
When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he'd gone through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? You see, Jews did not associate with Samaritans. And don't get me started on the, a man talking to a woman and a rabbi talking. It's all, everything about this encounter is wrong. Culturally. Where am I? Verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you'd have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you've nothing to draw with and the well is deep. How can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his flocks and his herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming back here to draw water. He said to her, go Call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you've just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but the, you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know, we worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming, when he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. If anybody ever says to you, Jesus never claims to be the Messiah, <clears throat> there's one of several examples in John's Gospel. You can go, <coughs> it's a theological phrase, that. When you turn around to somebody and go, <coughs> it means you, they've missed the point. First point, first point this morning, verse 23, these are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God our Father is looking for people to worship him. He is seeking those who will worship. We'll talk a minute about what it means to worship in spirit and truth. But he's looking for people to worship him. If you look at the pagan gods of the time in the Old Testament, if you've been following the podcasts, all those idols that Jeremiah and Ezekiel rail at, it's been fun the last few weeks, pushing through 
those Old Testament prophets. But there's truth there. But all those Old Testament gods needed sacrifices, blood sacrifices, to appease them, to placate them. They were angry gods. Who, if you didn't do as you're told, you get flattened. Or if you don't make the right sacrifices at the right time, you'll lose the battle. That's not who God the Father is. Excuse me. That's not who God the Father is. He's not looking for sacrifice to placate him. He's not looking to be appeased. We're guilty until proven innocent because we all are under the curse of the fall. But he's not looking to us to sort something so we can be all right. He's sorted it. He's done it. He's not a God God who is angry with us. He is a God who so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him might have eternal life. He loves us. And he doesn't look at our sinfulness and he doesn't look at the brokenness of the world and go, I'm going to get them. He looks at our brokenness and weeps. If Jesus wept over Jerusalem, John eleven thirty three. 33, if Je- Jesus wept over Jerusalem, how much more does the Father weep over Britain, America, Europe, the injustice of in, in, injustices in Africa. Well, I haven't started on South America or Southeast Asia yet. His heart breaks. Is he angry that those who perpetrate injustice, yes, of course he is, but his heart breaks for the brokenness of the world. He loves us. That's the God whom He's seeking us to worship him. I can only worship God on my own. You heard that one? Now, please, if you love going for a walk in the middle of the countryside and you find yourself engaging with God there, hallelujah. But as soon as you say, I can only worship God on your own, It says something about our brokenness in community that we can't come together. Or, let's do it the other way, I can only worship God in church with other people. That says something about the brokenness of our ability to be intimate one-on-one. Should it be worship on our own or should it be worship together? So please hear me, I'm not having a go at one way. There's not one way to be a lion. There's not one way to worship. Except there is. For we're to worship in spirit and truth. What does that mean in expression? You know the traditional worship some of us love so much? Yeah? There's some of us here, we love it, don't we? We love the hymns. We love some of the Book of Common Prayer. We love the liturgy. It's, it's beautiful. And if you showed it to somebody from a thousand years ago, they'd go, what's that modern muck? 
And you'd go, how dare they? That's the way we worship. So please don't call the modern songs modern muck, as somebody said to me this week. Why do we have to listen to that modern muck? No, it's worship. How dare we judge others' people's way of worshipping? Tell you what, I defend the Book of Common Prayer to those that like that modern muck as much as I dis- defend the modern muck to those that do, yeah? Because the heart that says the other is wrong is divisive and dangerous and demonic. But we worship in spirit and truth. So there is only one way, but there's more expressions of one way. These guys are all lions. But he sits and thinks. There was a poem I read a long time ago. You know, sometimes I sits and thinks and sometimes I just sits. <laughs> Which I can relate to quite, quite well. <laughs> and these guys want to roar and chomp and be no ducks left, would there? How do we know what we're worshipping? We know what we're worshipping by looking... Well, the word worship is an Anglo-Saxon word. You know, often we get words, I I, I say, oh, in the Greek in this, or the Latin in this, or whatever. This is an Anglo-Saxon word, this one, worship. You actually break it down, it's worth-ship. What do we give worth to? We worship that which we value. How can we measure that? Where do we put our focus? Where do we spend our money? That's one of the resources we have, isn't it? Where do we spend our money? On our car? Mine mine wouldn't start this morning, so I'm going to have to spend something on it, (laughs) because it just wouldn't start. So I came to church in Wendy's car, rather than mine. But some of us pour our financial resources into our car. Is that what we worship? We pour financial resources into our homes. Is that what we worship? Into our gadgets. Is that what we worship? Into our families. And all of you here would go, no, 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 we worship God. So why is it a struggle to tithe then? There's only 10%. Looks at treasurer, gets nod. (laughs) But why is it a struggle? Because isn't he worth it? Oh, it's the church. It's to him, though. I promise you, if you tithe here, it'll be for kingdom stuff. Not for church in that stuff. Though we do have to pay our... We pay our subs to the organisation we're part of, don't we? Absolutely. Okay, m- maybe money's not the best way of doing it. What about time? I actually quite looking, like looking at time as, a, as, a, as our resource because it doesn't matter how much money you've got, we've all got the same amount of time. I did the maths at 8 o'clock this morning, Chris, very quickly. I did 24 times 7, which makes 168. All right. Yeah, I had to stop and think about it this morning. We all have 168 hours a week whether you've got 
millions of pounds in the bank or nothing, whether you live in the middle of Chesham Boys or the middle of Slough or wherever it is. So where do we put our time? Okay, take out the time for eating and sleeping, because we've got to do that. I was going to say eight hours a night, that would be nice. I'd quite like to get back there at some point. But take the time out. How much do you give to God? Hour and a half on a Sunday morning? Out of 168? It's not a lot, is it? Oh, oh sorry, you do home group as well. Okay, make that three hours. Home group and, yeah? Okay, that's, that's three hours. Oh, are you, I'm sorry, you do an hour, you do an hour's quiet time every day. That's amazing. If you do an hour's quiet time, that's absolutely phenomenal. Spend time with God, worshipping and praying every day. So that's seven hours plus the three we first thought of is ten. We're still not even up to 10% of 168 hours, are we? Even those of us that are really committed. We probably spend more time on our phones, scrolling through YouTube. Not YouTube, what's it called? Um, Facebook. We probably spend more time watching television. Well, yesterday, I didn't stand a chance yesterday because I'd recorded the cricket overnight. I watched that, then I watched the rugby, then watched match of the day in the evening. So I was done yesterday. It was great. <laughs> Wendy didn't seem so plus, chuffed, but anyway. <laughs> Where do we put our time? Of course, please hear me. I'm not saying we shouldn't do family. I'm not saying we shouldn't do all these other things. But the key to this is, is God in the centre of that? Or is God pushed out of what we do with that? All those other things are part of, part of, being, of modern life. But is God at the centre of it? Do you want a definition of worship? That'll do, I think. God at the centre of it. Whatever it happens to be. Because... Johnny will tell you there are times at the front where we're struggling and it's not going well for us because of whatever. It doesn't feel like worship sometimes from the front, does it? It feels like we're singing songs. And it's not worship, even though it's worship, but it's not. Because what matters is this. Miss microphone next time. Right? What matters is this. It's our heart. In Romans 12, Paul writes, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, your logikos act of worship. The Greek word is logikos. Your logical act of worship. Sounds about right. Some translations, your reasonable. Doesn't mean reasonable as in they're being reasonable, but it means you're reasoned. You have reasoned to this and therefore it's an act of worship. And in other translations, it ignores that root of the word and takes the other root of the word, which is your spiritual act of worship. It's really interesting that the words logikos can mean spiritual and logical. Oh, we do things spiritually, we don't use our brain. We do things with the brain, I don't want all this spiritual mush. No. The Greek and the New Testament, they, they come together. And how do we offer our bodies to be a living sacrifice? By the renewal of our minds. By the tra be transformed by the renewing of your minds. 
So why do we worship God? I'm just going to come into land with the why, who, when and how questions quickly. Why do we worship God? Because he loves us. He created you. And as a planet we went, yeah. So, not only did he create us, but he's redeemed us. He's saved us. And as a planet we've gone, yeah. But we've gone, yes, Lord. Wow. Look, and the more you realise you're redeemed, the more you realise you're created, and the more you see the creation around you, the more you realise what it is that he saved us from and for. And it's awesome. And I don't want every single Christian to be an extrovert and jumping around and all the rest of it, but if your heart doesn't jump at the reality of what Jesus has done for us, then have you got it? Have you really got it? You don't have to go, yay! Sorry, it's woken a few people up at home. It's woken a couple of people up here, so that's fine. Um, but inwardly, do you go, yes! For what Jesus has done. Do you? Why do we worship him? Why wouldn't we? When we see what he's done. When we know what he's done. And we worship him above all because he loves us. As I said earlier, not to appease him, not to make him like us. We worship him because he loves us. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. In my Father's house there is room for me. Whatever truth you want to land on, it's a, it's a, it's a truth where you're going to go, wow, God. I've been taught this, and I don't know whether it's true or not, but the word for wow in sign language is that. And the word for worship is that. Double wow. <laughs> Song worship. The word for worship, the sign for worship in terms of lifestyle is that. You come under God. But it's pointing up to him. But I love that one. Double well. So why do we worship? Because he loves us. Who do we worship? We worship Father, Son and Holy Spirit. The Father thought it. Jesus bought it. And the Spirit rorts it, makes it happen now. There's an old-fashioned one for you. The Father's plan is that we know his love and intimacy with him as Abba. And Jesus has done it by the cross, so we worship him because he is our Saviour. And the Spirit is present now, so we worship him. Well, we mustn't worship the Holy Spirit. Do you know, I've been told that by born-again Christians all my life. You mustn't worship the Holy Spirit. You must only worship Jesus. And the Father? Well, if you have to. Don't worship the Holy Spirit. Hang on. Is the Holy Spirit God? Do we worship God? <laughs> Help me. Why would I be told not to worship the Spirit then? But the Spirit points to Jesus. Do, do you know what? Every time I worship the Spirit, he always takes me to Jesus. But we're to worship Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We have a Trinitarian faith. 
We worship Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we've got the why, we've got the who, when. Well, we worship in, in sung worship when and wherever we can. Sometimes it's corporate, sometimes it's on our own. Sometimes it's shove that CD on and fill the house, car, headphones, with worship songs and off we go. That's why we get to the point that when the words are wrong up there, we don't go, oh, why are the words wrong up there? We go, Lord, we love you, it's amazing. And we don't notice because we're, we're gone. Well, I can't learn the words like you do. Do you know what? I don't sit down and learn the words. I worship, and the more I worship, the more I remember the words. But I'm not trying to remember them. Having a new song never phases me. I have a new song. I listen to it the first time through. Get the thing. If I can't quite get the words, I sing in tongues. Fine. But I don't sing in tongues. Well, you can. Try it sometime. Because that's a gift open to everybody. So we got to do the sung worship. The how is through sung worship. Some, and when, whenever. It's the whole of life. But the, the when, whenever, it's the whole of life. It's together in worship, in music, whether it's choral, whether it's band, whether it's liturgy, I don't care. The more liturgy you do, I hope you realise the liturgy is actually just the scripture set out in a particular way. Most of it. Well, the old liturgy looks at Peter. and Peter, I saw the smile. Despite the mask, I saw Peter's smile at that point. Yeah, okay. The old liturgy is scripture set out. They got a bit more creative more recently, but it doesn't matter that how in that sense doesn't matter so why because he loves us who all three of them when the whole of life both song worship and lifestyle you worship him in the pub as much as you worship him in church you worship him in tesco as much as you worship him in church you worship him around the dining table with your family and your teenagers are kicking off or the puppy won't stop begging for food you worship him as much there as you worship him in church. But how do we do it? John 4. In spirit and in truth. The proclamation. But remember the Greek word for spirit in Romans 12 is logikos. So in spirit and in truth. Reasonably, logically. In truth we proclaim the truth but it's also in our spirit. That deep down in the core of our being. Yes, God. That's the most, the most effective bit of worship is when you stand there or sit there or kneel there or lie there and go, yes, God. Doesn't matter what key that one's in. Doesn't matter whether the person at the front singing too high or the organist has chosen a key that takes us out of our range or whatever. What matters in all things, and I'm coming into land, Johnny, if you... What matters in all things is that we put God first. Sung worship, put God first. Spoken worship, put God first. Lifestyle, put God first. Family, put God first. Business, put God first. Finances, put God first. Scouts, put God first. I'm just looking around, looking for inspiration now. <laughs> it's fine. 
Wherever you want to be, politics, put God first. Overseas mission, put God first. Praying for the sick, put God first. That's worship. That's worshipping Father, Son and Holy Spirit in Spirit in truth. If we put God first in all things and at all times, then all praise will go to the Almighty. Amen.